We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast. Steven is on a cruise, so he ditched us for an entire week. So you're stuck with me. You're stuck with me for the whole gosh darn week. Today, tomorrow, Tuesday, Thursday, you name it. You're stuck with me. If you know who this person is to my screen right, I believe, although I might be flipped, uh, you've been a fan for a long time. This is Jason, one of the founding members of the Guilty as Charged podcast, along with Steven and I. All the way back in 2020, it's been a bit. Jason, man, how you doing? I'm doing great. I love the I love the the new intro. You know, it's a nice little beat going on, and then I was like, oh, there's the OG. There it is, right there. <laughs> so I was really happy about that. Yeah, we uh, back in the day, it was just audio for us. This is the first time you and I have ever done a live show, and it's the first mm-hmm. time we've done a podcast together since 2020. Um, we had one recording, like a year ago or two years ago about Joe Lombardi's offense and stuff like that. Two years ago, talking about cover cover two against the Broncos. I believe That's it. I do remember that. Yeah. Hopefully things get better. But yes, um, as Joe points out, uh, yeah, Nim Basabe. I don't know how you say your name. A couple of people recognizing, um, already calling you out here for being the Jordan Love truther. Not that you, you were a very big fan of Jordan Love. Um, but, you I know, wasn't. I, I, still, I still am. I, yeah. There's still some of that in there. Yeah, definitely. And we'll certainly talk about that. So, um, thank you guys for joining us live in the morning. Of course, I'm sure some of you guys are watching Maryland, Michigan, you name it. Uh, but we're here to talk about the Chargers and the Packers. Let's get into the injury report first. Um, per Daniel Popper and the listing from the team, 
Uh, the big ones to keep an eye out on are Keenan Allen, of course, his shoulder injury. It's an AC joint sprain, but he's going to be fine. He's going to play through it. It's something that he's used to, and he's going to play through. So that seems to be no problem there. The only two players that are out officially for the Chargers are Gerald Everett with a chest injury. That's no surprise. And then JT Woods trying to return from the non-football injury illness list. Um, still out, limited in practice, but he's out. The ones to keep an eye on are Jalen Guyton, who is questionable. He was fine throughout the week until Friday. We picked up a groin injury and then Isaiah Spiller with an illness on Friday. Although I don't know if that matters a whole lot considering he's been inactive recently. Or um, two RB games. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, the one that is like it's not really an issue because he did practice in full all week. But the one I do want to point out is Rashawn Slater's because that means that now he's dealt with a shoulder throughout the year, an ankle injury. And then now a knee injury. So he's listed with a knee injury. He's been full throughout the week. So it's not like it's officially bugged him, prevented him from practicing in full. But it's just a third thing for him that it just adds to the list of things he's been dealing with. And then we'll jump into the Packers real quick. And then Jason, I'll get your thoughts on everything overall. Um, Jair Alexander went from like, hey, he's probably not close to returning to play to, yeah, he might play. Um, LaFleur said 80% Alexander is better than 100% of most corners. And considering Herbert and the matchup, he might get out there. So it's risk-reward sort of thing. Get him out there. Of course, he's one of your better corners, although he's been disappointing this season, apparently. Um, at the same time, you risk injury. So they won't send him out there if they feel like he'll re-risk aggravating his shoulder. But he might be out there, though, which is a bit of a surprise. Rashawn Gary, all of a sudden limited on Friday with a shoulder injury. And then Quay Walker is still limited throughout the week with a groin injury. Um, and then Rudy Ford, the safety, is the only one who's doubtful. Nobody listed as officially out. I don't know if Alexander will play, especially with a team that's not like they're going to the playoffs this year. I don't think they are. I know they're not mathematically eliminated, but NFC, you never know. That is also very true. So, uh, Jason, your thoughts on the injury report overall, Chargers, Packers, you name it. All right. So the first one that sticks out to me is um, Gerald Everett out. I think he's been a true unsung hero in the Chargers offense this year. I feel like at least once a week, there's some key block you see Gerald Everett make that goes for a touchdown or a big gain on a screen or he does a chip that gives Herbert just that little bit of time to get the deep ball. Um, so that one concerns me. I, I feel like Gerald Everett doesn't get the praise that he should in the offense. And I, he definitely doesn't get the touches he should. But um, at the same time, you know, they have, a, they have a decent group behind him right now. I think Donald Parham is... Also another solid guy who's just been battling those injuries this year. Hasn't been the blocker that he usually is in years past because of it. But uh, we all know that when it comes down to it, um, Donald Parham makes the plays down the field or in the mm -hmm. red zone that the Chargers need. Um, and then Keenan Allen, I think the AC joint sprain is also what caused that that bump on his shoulder in the past, right? So now he has one on yeah. the other shoulder. Do you think he's just going to evolve into some <laughs> – you think he's just going to get the shoulder At blades doomsday. going? He's going to go doomsday on us uh, from Batman versus Superman, just keep building the – So uh, Keenan Allen with the AC joint sprain, I think he said on Tuesday to Chris Rim that he was going to play, and then they've just been listening to him as questionable ever since. Yeah. Um, so – I, if I if if I could bet on it, I'd probably trust the player saying he's going to play. Yeah. Um, Joy Bosa, no game designation is a really big one. I'm really happy to see that because they absolutely need a full go Joey Bosa down this stretch if they want to make any kind of run. Uh, full go Joey Bosa means so much to this football team. And if they don't have that, I just don't see them 
playing at the potential they need to play to to uh, to get going. Mm -hmm. After that, we talked about Spiller questionable as much as you can talk about it. Yay! More two <laughs> yeah. RBs, more two RB games. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what's funny is uh, this year they don't even have a fullback, so they mm -hmm. don't even have like, like emergency RB three. I guess it'd be Darius Davis. Yeah, pretty um, much. So that's interesting. Uh, Jalen Guyton questionable with a groin injury. They said it's precautionary, but at the same time, I feel like groin injuries are very nagging. Mm -hmm. So that one concerns me a bit. And then JT Woods being on his way back. I like that one a lot. I think they need the speed back there. They need the athleticism back there really badly. Um, I know he's had his issues in the past with tackling, but um, man, that's after seeing what the Lions targeted mm -hmm. in the previous game to get, to get guys going. And we'll talk about that cover four a little bit later when it comes mm -hmm. to uh, um, the Brandon Staley against Matt LaFleur. But um, they need that athletic guy there for certain downs and distances. They need it really bad. And then for Jair Alexander, that's just one. The, the Packers defense has not been phenomenal this year by any stretch of the imagination. But um, anytime you get stars back on the field, it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Um and I've, I've hinted a couple times throughout the year that this is a Packers team you probably don't want to play healthy and late um, as that young offense starts clicking and the, the defense gets healthy. It's, it's just not a very exciting prospect to look forward to. No, and it's funny because if you just look at the numbers for this Packers team, you look at any advanced metric, really anything, it's a middle-of-the-pack sort of team. Everybody falls in some sort of average category. There really aren't any particular players or things that they do where it's like, wow, they're the best at this or top three at this. There really isn't a particular thing. But then I watched them against the Steelers and, you know, people will point out the fourth quarter interceptions. One of them was just a, a prayer ball at the end. So it's like kind of a whatever for me. You know, if we can if we can have nuances, Chargers fans with Justin Herbert, I think we can for Jordan Love and opposing quarterbacks as well. Although I know I'm speaking to the Internet, so that doesn't always happen. But just watching them, it felt like LaFleur is pressing all the right buttons. And we'll talk about this in a bit. But this Packers team is what I'm trying to say is they seem to be getting better and these young guys are really gelling. It's quite an overhaul. I don't remember the last time I've seen a room completely overhauled like this with just young guys and that's it in such a short amount of time. Even for the Chargers, it's always been like, you know, we'll loop in like one new piece, maybe two new pieces. But in the last two years, they have six players out there, two tight ends, four receivers who are all completely new to this offense, which is, you know, kind of the point. Of course, Rodgers leaves and then they go get the weapons. But um, that's that. So that's just from the anyway, that's the injury report respective perspective. I do want to talk about now about this guy, Keenan Allen, because and it's it's only fitting that you're here to talk about him right at the right times, too, because you've been a big fan of his. He's your favorite player, I believe um, for me, like Philip Rivers will always be my favorite player of all time. But as it currently stands, Keenan Allen is my favorite. And that was not always the case. I was of course, I, everybody likes Keenan Allen. But to me, it was always maybe one or two other guys. But when I started really just sitting down, I'm going to watch like every Keenan Allen game from 2021 and just started watching him. I just started to appreciate him so much more and more and more, you know, and now, of course, this year, how could you not love Keenan on what he's done? So from your perspective, like where does Keenan Allen fit on like, or where do you think he's going to end up fitting maybe in like a Chargers Mount Rushmore? And have you been surprised by what he's done this year, given that like, I always thought he'd be the hundred catch thousand yard sort of guy. But we're looking at a season where he could push like 1,500, 1,600 yards, which is significantly more than he's ever done. Yeah, I don't know if he'll, if he'll reach that just because the stretch he's been on has been phenomenal. But it'd be, it'd be 
be pretty freaking cool, wouldn't it? Um, just the just an idea of where he'd be on in the Chargers Mount Rushmore. It really just depends on uh, on what you would value in your mm-hmm. football players, you know. And I found these pretty cool statistics on what he's on pace to do. So right now, he has four 100 catch seasons, tied for sixth all time, on pace for his fifth which will t- tie him with Wes Welker, Andre Johnson, and Larry Fitzgerald. Mm. 869 receptions in 135 games. 6.44 receptions per game in NFL in his career. In NFL history, among wide receivers with at least 100 games played, it's the lead. Mm. Most ever. Mm-hmm. So... If you look at, okay, Marvin Harrison hit 1,000 catches at 34 years old, and obviously he finished top five in all-time catches. Keenan Allen's on pace to hit that at 32. Mm. The other player to do that, who is sitting at number two in all-time catches, is Larry Fitzgerald. So Keenan Allen is on obviously on a, on a pretty insane pace at this point that, you know, if, you, if you're talking about a Chargers Mount Rushmore, I don't know. That puts you it puts you up there um you know we have we have a really cool history of guys that have set records in this franchise um you know philip rivers uh the tomlinson antonio gates so i mean if you're looking for a fourth you know there's a lot of guys here you know you still got say you still got like there's a lot of guys here man but you know now i'm definitely making his case especially with this season where he's already talenting 73 receptions, 895 yards, 12.3 yards per catch. That's is that a career best for him? I think his last was like 11.7. It's pretty close. Uh, there's one like barely season where he played like he had like six catches in the Chiefs game, and that was it. Where some of his numbers are inflated, but mm-hmm. I believe everything he's is basically at his first or second best in his career. And, and Tyler, fingers crossed, he already has six touchdowns this year, so he might not get stuck <laughs> at the number I don't think six. He will. Is that, that would that be the fifth? Loop that in. Yeah. Yeah. What did that be? The fifth time in his career he's done that fourth? Been at at been least. There was a year where he did six. It was three years in a row. He had six touchdowns, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and so I think he like, did it on. again 2021. Uh, I don't know. But he's done it a lot. Yes, he has. Um, and go for it. I'm just, I would think everyone would say or agree that Keenan Allen's best stretch prior to this year was probably that 2015 prior to rest lacerating his uh, kidney Mm -hmm. through eight games in 2015, he had 67 catches for 725 yards, 10 point yards, yards, 10.8 yards per catch. Sorry. Four touchdowns. And his, I would say his big game was that opener against Detroit, that 15 reception, 166 yard game against Detroit. Look, he has a 18 catch, 215 yards, against Minnesota and then he followed it right up with his third best game of his career with 11 receptions for 175 yards and two touchdowns mm-hmm. so it's like two of the three best games of his career just within a few weeks of each other yeah it, it just it looks different when you watch Keenan Allen this year because we probably haven't seen him be asked to do the things he's doing since 2017 mm-hmm. maybe even earlier than that so it's been really cool to watch him go out there and prove, hey, I'm not a slot guy. 
You know, I'm not a guy who's lining up just outside the tight end and just running these choice routes all day. They're giving him a lot of room to breathe out there. They're giving him motions. They're showing like, hey, Keenan Allen is a focal point of our offense, which, you know, say what you will about pass coordinators for the Chargers, whatever the case may be. Um, they they knew he did that well, and they asked mm-hmm. him to do it, and he did it to the best of his ability. But this year you're seeing he's always been that complete receiver. He always has been. Get him outside. Get him out in the slot. Do do whatever you can to get him an opportunity to make a play on the ball. And they've been giving him the deep shots. And we, we talked about this in 2021. We're like, Keegan Allen looks good down the field. And it's like they really need to do that more right from that. Uh, and then even 2022 last year, right from that Raiders game when he did that mm-hmm. deep crosser. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were talking about him through training camp. Like, dang, you know, this he's he's showing something that he's not just this slot guy. And he's finally he's finally on the field through the first nine mm. and he's shown it. And just a just a couple of other stats here just to show that, you know, it's not just the targets that are that are getting him all this. Tenth in total yards after contact with 70 yards among all receivers. Twelfth in broken tackles with four. Um, I think it's Tyreek Hill with not Tyreek Hill. There's a receiver leading with eight. He currently has four. Ninth in yards after the catch with 301 yards after the catch, which is a 4.1 average. Only three drops, which is third least of the top 10 leaders in receiving. Mm -hmm. Fourth in receptions of 20 plus yards. Seventh in receptions of 10 plus yards. And then averaging four 10 plus yard catches, tied third per game. Averaging two 20 plus yard catches, tied second per game. Doing everything. Yeah. Getting down the field, breaking tackles, getting the yak he needs, forcing the missed tackles. He's he's having a really good year. He is. And I was just looking at Larry Fitzgerald's longevity in the league, and he played until he was 37. Keenan's 31 going on 32. So, you know, if he tries to follow that path, it's crazy. Looking at Larry Fitzgerald at 32, had seasons of 1,200, 1,000, and then 1,150 uh, yards before things started to, you know, eventually decline from there. So, I don't see why Keenan can't do it. Frankly, he at this point should be kind of given like a lifetime contract uh, where when Herbert decides that, you know, he doesn't want to play anymore and Keenan's done too, then that's it. But as long as Herbert's around, Keenan wants to play like he's more than welcome to be here. You talked about that work downfield in 2021. When I watched him, I sort of just broke every like sort of similar ish route into categories like post corner um, or just slants or goes or whatever. And the route combination I thought that I found that he was the best with when I scored it was was post and corner, which is why I started to really push for this. Hey, like, wait a minute. Keenan's way better down the field than I would have thought. Um, it's just more of a frequency thing than a, an efficiency thing. Like he just wasn't asked to do it as much. But every time he did it, he was better than everybody else. Um, that same year, I graded Mike Williams and Josh Palmer, which isn't saying like a ton, but he was so much better than those guys among all three. That was the best thing that he did. And then you look at Arjun just posted um, this morning a little graphic about which route grouping is the best, who's which receiver is the best at each route grouping. And Keenan Allen's is the corner route. Um, only seven targets on those, but still by EPA, that is, he is the best, the highest EPA uh, for that. So just an impressive season for him. Um, I'm just been, I've loved, I don't know if you felt this way, but against the Lions, it really felt like we've seen so often a passionate Keenan Allen We've seen, you know, excited Keenan Allen. We've seen upset Keenan Allen. 
it really felt like angry Keenan Allen against the Lions and, and just being in the stadium watching him and the close-up shots of his reactions and the way he was rallying fans or his teammates or whatever it just felt kind of angry like he was really pissed off that they were losing and he was going to do everything he possibly could to carry that team on his back and Herbert as well of course um, to get things going and it really felt like it was the first time I think that I can remember like an angry bully Keenan Allen the bully Keenan Allen, and I love it. And, yeah, you know, I, it was just you, you talk about that corner route too. I don't think there's a receiver that runs a better post corner in the league. It's it's filthy the way he stems it, like brings that that corner's hips inside on a post before mm-hmm. he breaks out is so filthy. And you know, it, it probably helps that you have one of the strongest arms in the league that just fits it between that cover two mm-hmm. on these beautiful. We've seen that so many times between Herbert and Keenan Allen, where it's just uh, a whole shot into the cover two freaking beautiful play that they seem to always make in clutch moments yeah yeah they do so on the flip side it tends to be this way most games we talk about the positive and especially this past game i don't think it's ever been more separate than this one we talk about the offense and how great they looked overall 38 points 38 points no matter how you got there uh 41 points is 41 points allowed so the reason I'm worried about this game is that LaFleur, I think, is still one of the better coordinators in the league. Things just look different. Guys have been hurt. The offensive line has been hurt. Running backs have been hurt. All their skill position guys are new guys. So they're trying to figure it out. And I'm worried about this game because of the game I just saw against the Lions where I sat there in the stands and just kind of waited for the Chargers defense to give up a touchdown. Sometimes it happened in one play. Sometimes it happened in 12 plays, but it happened regardless. How do you think, just give him what you know about the Packers defense and the scheme or whatever, how do you believe, or excuse me, not the Packers defense, the Chargers defense, how do you believe LaFleur would best go about attacking Brandon Staley's defense? And then, now I'm going to ask you this knowing that Brandon Staley literally came out and said, we're not changing anything to our scheme. But if you had to make any adjustments or recommendations or just key things to focus on and do right, what would they be? Would it freak people out if I said, yes, just execute better? Um, look, he, the game plan against the Lions. Whew. All right. So LaFleur is going to attempt to get Jordan Love comfortable with the deep ball. Mm-hmm. We know Jordan Love has had an amazing deep ball over the last three games. They've been cooking down the field. He's had a really good three games. I know, you know, the record doesn't show for it, but they're getting better. They're getting better, especially down the field. Especially watch out for that number 13, Dontavian Wicks. Mm. He Every time that Jordan Love has a, like a big time throw down the field, I feel like Dontavian Wicks is either making some really aggressive catch or he's he's clearing things out and he's a zone beater. So watch out for him. Um, in terms of how Brandon Staley can attack the Packers offense or how he might want to, um, and people might hate this, but Staley should go into this game and do exactly what he tried to do against the Lions. Okay. You got, you got to elaborate now because I'm about to lose everybody. And he needs better execution from individuals and he needs better situational football from himself. That's where the mm-hmm. kicker was. The situational football from himself was severely lacking. I'm talking um, 
third and shorts, fourth and shorts, understanding how, how deep your corners are, understanding mm-hmm. when to get physical, understanding when to, when to drop back, understanding um, if you just get a touch or two of better situational football from both himself and the players, you're talking about a couple of three and out or yeah, a couple of three and outs or a couple of third down stops or a couple of fourth down stops. And, and that's the difference. It really is. And <laughs> don't click off the video. <laughs> um, I'm not saying he called he called a great game, but think of it this way: the Lions, the Chargers go in there and they start playing some man coverage, right? They start off the game playing some man coverage, and Jameer Gibbs starts going off, starts running all over him. The big difference between man coverage and zone coverage is, is where eyes are eyes on the backfield so once you see yourself getting absolutely destroyed against the run you know all right well i have to have to get zone coverage out here i have to get guys eyes in the backfield and a big benefit of the cover four which i see a lot of people don't like (laughs) um the big thing about the cover four is you're asking your safeties to basically come up and play with the linebackers and shoot gaps and stop the run so you have these two high safeties that come down play even with the linebackers once the ball is snapped or if they see pass then they're going to drop back and one of their big jobs is to is to find a gap and blow it up just like a linebacker would and it's why you see derwin james come from up high to down low so many times and why you see him bite sometimes and that's just disciplined football that you need to and you need to be comfortable with it and the issue with getting burned in the first half by so many run plays is you come out in the second half in a cover four and now they're running a crosser with a post or they're running a, a dig with a deep crosser. And, you know, you see Derwin James come up to f- defend the play action. Oh, wait, here's this 10 yard in. Oh, wait, here's this 15 yard crosser that goes over my head. Discipline football. Um, I'm not saying you come out with the same game plan exactly, but it, it, it wasn't like it was fundamentally flawed in the sense of, this play call to this play call to this play call, like in the grand scheme of the game, it wasn't flawed. I would say, let me reword that a little bit. In the grand scheme, it wasn't flawed. In the down to down, it mm-hmm. was. Because it was what coverage or rush or what package are you deploying mm-hmm. on third down, on fourth down. But I think what they came in, the plan they came in with was fine. It just down to down, it wasn't, if that makes sense. No, that, that definitely makes sense because even Steve and I, before the season, early parts of the season, we talked about how it's not like this general defensive scheme does not work. It's not like it's never worked and that it does not work and we should all throw it out. Technically, like last season, it was really, and maybe 2021 as well, it was in vogue. Like this was the big sort of new thing, the adjustments. Everyone's a Fangio disciple. Let's go get the Fangio disciple. So it's not that it hasn't worked. Sort of like you were pointing out, it's more the, okay, good plan going in. Now that you're in the game, can you make the right adjustments? Can you make the right calls? And then, of course, can you execute? So that, that's really been the issue. And it just seemed like, you know, Ben Johnson had the quote, you know, we got to have fun out there and do whatever we wanted because everything worked. That's the unfortunate part. Like, you have some sort of plan, and in theory, it should work. But once you get into there, you're just completely outclassed. And then, of course, the other issue is execution, which... To me, I don't know if you feel this way, it really feels like if you have this many players who are not executing well, then you have to resort back to blaming the coach, coaching, 
on this one. I think the scheme itself is fine, although obviously it's very tough to say that after you give up 41 points. But to me, if you have this many players who are very good players and they are not executing properly, I feel that's more on the coaching than anything else than, than the players. Um, but yeah, I, I don't... It hasn't been great to watch this defense all, that, that much, I'll say. So how would LaFleur then get Jordan Love more comfortable with the deep ball against this defense? Um, so like I said, he's going to attempt the deep ball early. I, I, I just feel it. I feel like he's going to test one of those boundary corners. We've seen it pretty much every game now where um, whether it's the Jets, whether it's uh, the Bears – I know the Bears mm. did it right off the bat, right? Yeah, where mm. they where they went straight after. I think it was Asante um, for for the deep ball because they see the Miami game, they see the Lions game, they see the Vikings game. They've seen those those big yardage totals where it's it's been really rough on the on the boundary. And the Chargers run a two high system that generally works best when they allow Asante to play instinctively off coverage and then Michael Davis to press. Mm -hmm. And so what they're going to do is they're going to try to get this run game going just like the lions. And they're going to try to get both of these guys to play off. Mm. Um, And once you get that press corner off along with the off coverage on the other side, now you can start playing around. Now you can start running your, your smokes. You can start running your outs. You can start running your, your free release routes that can really pick on a, on a defense like this. And so the way Staley combats that is he's been running a lot of disguises and a lot of, and he's been messing with leverage a lot. Um, And the downside to that is more complexity in the defense, which I feel like everybody knows at this point, uh, there's, there's been a lot of broken coverages. Mm -hmm. So like I said, it's the mindset is in the right place going into a game. It's down to down, setting your leverages, setting your your coverage, um, what variation of the coverage you're running, and how is that run game affecting you? Um, so yeah. I feel like that Packers offense is going to immediately go for the deep ball, and then you might see a run or two and see how successful it is. Mm-hmm. If it's successful, might be in for another one. We'll see. Oh, lovely. Well, I'm going to get your your final predictions for this game after this, and then I'm going to do my you know usual ad reads and whatnot. So please, if you have any questions, um, it is a fan Q&A for the second half of the show. If you have any questions, go ahead and fire those in. I will get to them in a second. But first, got to pay some bills. Here we go. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So first up, got to talk about Little Caesars. Make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Pizza and football go together like Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. Order online using our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs plus all day on Sunday and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. So go with stuffed crust or pepperoni, whatever you want, you name it. Um, And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery on our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. And now I've got to talk about prize picks. And Jason, I'm going to get your thoughts on some of my picks of the week. Um, I've loved using them, used them throughout the whole season. Famously, my mom does as well. And she wins like eight out of 10 times. And it's almost frustrating because she does it just based off of like vibes. And that's about it. But she's amazing at it. Um, My favorite Chargers picks of the week are Austin Eckler more than 49.5 rushing yards given this Packers defense. Um, Justin Herbert, more than one and a half passing touchdowns. And then Kenneth Murray, more than five and a half tackles, which includes solo and assists. To make your selections, go to prizepicks.com slash guilty and use the code guilty for our first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash guilty for a first deposit match up to $100. So Jason, Eckler, more than 49 and a half rushing yards. Herbert, more than one and a half passing touchdowns. And Kenneth Murray, more than five and a half tackles. I'm taking the mores on them. Do you feel like I should say less, though? At Packers defense against the run is probably not very good. I, very I would good. say, I would say, I would say you're probably safe with Eckler. Hopefully, I hope mm-hmm. so. Um, if not, then that's it. Um, but uh, Justin Herbert over 1.5 touchdowns. I would always bet on. I feel like unless they're yeah. playing the Jets again. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And Kenneth Murray, I mean, that was his, I would say that was his first truly, other than the Miami game, like the first truly bad game of the year for him. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, other than that Miami game. Now, the one pause I would have with that is um, the Packers like their play action too. Mm-hmm. And Kenneth Murray has shown that play action is kind of, uh, doesn't agree with him um, all too much. Uh, yes. Because his best, and that's this isn't a huge, I wouldn't say a huge knock against him. It just shows the kind of linebacker he is. Yeah, downhill, he loves to attack, and so anytime you take away that ability from him, there's going to be some struggle there. But what was it five and a half tackles? Yeah, five and a half solo and assist tackles. Uh, it should be fine. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised because I think it had been seven or eight recently, and so five and a half feels pretty nice there i I don't like the ones that are at a flat seven because it has to be eight you know to get more so five and a half means more you got to get six i think you can 
Uh, let's go with this one. And I guess I might as well get your thoughts on him while we're here. So Nimbasabe, I'm so sorry if I'm saying this wrong. Should I take the more on Quinton Johnson at 36.5 receiving yards? Uh, you can assume Alexander plays or doesn't play. Um, I'm going to assume Alexander honestly does not play. I feel like because of what LaFleur said earlier in the week, um, I don't think he plays or even if he does, it's limited. So should you take the more on Quentin Johnson? And then what have your opinions been on this pick so far and his, I'll say, uh, quote-unquote production throughout the year? Um, I probably wouldn't bet my life on it. Um, <laughs> no, I would not either. <laughs> maybe maybe a few bucks. But um, it include PI yards. It might. <laughs> I don't think it does. It does not. It, it does not. But I think you picked um, up that many last week, yeah. Yeah, probably. No, I, I look. If he catches that ball against the Lions, then I'm probably saying take this. Mm-hmm. And even with the drop, I kind of, I kind of think he should. Yeah, I, especially with Keenan banged up and Guyton banged up, I feel like, I feel like, yeah, yeah, I'd take it. I'd take it. I just think, I just think they're figuring it out with him. I think he's getting more comfortable. I know he dropped that big one. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was interfered with. They kind of they kind of got his arm a little bit, and it kind of forced yeah. him to to kind of clap there. And yeah. you know, it's a, you got to catch it. You have to. But sure, I think he's I think he's arrived. Okay, wow, that's a, that's an announcement. I, I think he don't, don't, that's been, don't put that on me. Hold on, <laughs> no, no, I'll clip it out and just say that you said that he's arrived and we'll see what All happens. Right, cool. Hey, hey, and you know, what? if he has over 100 yards, you know, you got to come back, we'll on put it back in. How, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Um, yeah, that was a bummer. He didn't catch that one. It, I, I kind of get it, especially watching it on replay. And of course, you can hit pause and say this or that, but it really felt like it just changed the way he was able to go out the football with just a minor like movement this way. I think it was his right arm or his left arm or whatever um, just changed it. So, so close there to me. It just felt like watching him during that game. Like we have to remember that yes, the clock says it's a 60 minute game, but it's like three and a half hours and you have pregame post game, like all this sort of stuff that has to go on. And if you're just doing something for three and a half hours and you're basically not involved, I'm not saying that he's ever checked out, but you're just not in that rhythm. And so it felt like in the game against the Lions, you could even just tell body language wise, the way he was doing things, like the way he caught the scramble and being kind of locked in on that play. It was a really it's like he, it was a great play. And it was kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm involved in this offense. Thank goodness. Okay, like, okay, I'm in it. I am in this offense now. Okay, great. What can I like? It almost just felt like it clicked for him because he had to get involved. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what it felt like for me watching it. Um, yeah, it's been. I guess a frustrating season, especially when the other two guys have had more success, um, but we'll see how they do. Um, let's fire some more questions. So we can go back and find any questions in here. Is that a Christmas tree? Says a forgotten little cow. I had just gotten a few texts from um, from some buddies of mine that were saying, oh, so he's a, he's a Christmas tree before Thanksgiving guy. Uh, <laughs> look. I got a, I got a wife. All right. So whatever she calls, I'm just kidding. I wanted to up to. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Uh, yeah, I wanted to. Up oh. to. Sorry. Yeah, no, I get you. We are, we're like halfway there. We've got some of the decorations um, up. I don't have a ton of free time. So a Thanksgiving break is a Thanksgiving break and I'll take it. So, you know, my, my family and I will decorate, I'll go decorate their house um, on like Saturday or something. 
we've already sort of half decorated. I've got some Christmas stuff. So it, it's just nice. And uh, it's raining in California the last couple of days. Like it, it just feels right. I'm getting sick, you know, so it, it's the right time to put up some stuff. Um, I saw a question here I wanted to get to. Here we go from Rodrigo. Herbert was playing like an MVP before his finger injury. He is he now is healthy in that regard. Seems like he is in a prime position to pop off. No. Um, your thoughts on how he was playing before the injury and then his chances, I guess, moving forward, especially with Burrow out. Is 17 touchdowns and five picks not popping off? Are we, are we <laughs> is he not popped off? Um, no, it's how much was that finger affecting him? I would love to know. Because I, I honestly can't, like, I can't answer that because I have no idea how much it affected him. Yeah. Like, we we got Tony Romo saying it would absolutely affect him. Um, mm. So maybe I don't know. I mean, we I I'd love to see I'd love to see what Justin Herbert popping off looks like if if he hasn't yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly the last game was about as much of the popping off as you could have gotten. Unfortunately, like the the Dolphins game, uh, it was more of a rushing you know, endeavor that game. Unfortunately, MVP talk all starts and begins, unfortunately, with like, you know, wins and it's stupid. But if the Chargers don't make the postseason and I don't care if he's throwing 85 touchdowns a game, okay, maybe then. But if they don't make the postseason, he's not winning MVP. It's going to go to probably one of the usual suspects. I don't know the current odds on favorites are. It's probably, if we're just talking about quarterbacks, it's probably like Hurts, Mahomes, Lamar probably to uh I know like Stroud's kind of making a push but it's a little early or not early but it's Stroud looks he, good. He, he does look good man and I'm so happy you know I hate when it was the same thing kind of like with Herbert you know he's an Oregon quarterback don't take an Oregon quarterback in the first round it's like who cares just that's not the reason you do or do not take somebody you know yeah, don't now, start by the helmet yeah now I the exception to that rule might only be take Ohio State wide receivers. That might be the only exception to the rule because they Heartline just pumps dudes out left and right. So that's not a bad one. Of course, there's a pretty good one coming out in college. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think he wins uh MVP though. Sorry. I'm not ending with that bit. I'm not ending with that. Um <laughs> from LDE Bruin. Why do you think Herbert is struggling versus cover three this year? Don't remember it being a problem other years jason have you noticed this is he i would i would I, love for this question to be expanded upon a little bit more like is there is there a metric out there that says he is i don't know i'd have to bug Arjun about that one i don't know that there i believe this was this felt like a last year thing if it which kind of surprised me anyway but i don't i don't know specifically if he is or isn't um okay Ooh, do you think Kellen Moore would have interest in the Boise State job? Show me the money. I mean, he's from Boise State. He played at Boise State, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, uh, maybe. I don't know. It, yeah. I'll ask him. <laughs> yeah, I'll make sure to just give him a phone call and uh, ask him yeah. on that one. Actually, we'll call him live on the show. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, don't quite have that one. Mm-hmm. Arjun. <laughs> from oh, Arjun's in here. Can Jason answer the Keenan on a wash allegation? <laughs> All right, we'll get to that. We'll get to that, Arjun. Thank you. Uh, from Peter Thompson, why do you think our coaches are? Jason, I'll let you have this one. 
Why do you think our coaches are stubborn and unwilling to change their scheme slash calls that repeatedly don't work? Is that fans being armchair coaches or has every coach since Marty been stubborn? Wow. I guess just focus on Staley here. But why do you why um, do you think he goes out and goes, nope, this does give us the best chance to win? Is it tr- is it almost like a we're trying to show like an even unified front to the media sort of thing? Or do you just think he's going to go down with the ship that he built? Um, all right. Well, the Chargers were in a similar position last year in terms of looking at playoffs. They were on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. And they, they went on that run largely in part to what Staley was able to do with the defense and Kyle Van Noy breaking out. And um, just things really starting to heat up along the pass rush. So I feel like that is their best bet at this point is him staying stubborn and continuing to call plays, continuing the scheme that he knows got them on a run last year. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, if I was in his position, I'd, I'd, I'd probably do the same thing. Yeah. And I really don't know. Except to see how much can really be changed at this point. You know, I don't think you go, or maybe you do go face the Ravens and just try something for the first time to see if it sticks. You know, it worked in the, it worked in 2018. Yep. (laughs) It did. It did though. That's a very different DB group. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that, that, that's always one. It's funny because we don't have like, Oh, this super bowl season or whatever. We don't really have that as chargers fans, but that was a season. And that particular game was just one of the highlights. And it was like an ugly game as a defensive battle, but I think every Chargers fan in the chat will remember like 10 plays from that game easily or just moments, you know, and most of the kind of walk-off strip sack, you know, even Michael Badgley having a great game. Melvin Gordon punched it in, even though he was, I think, pretty banged up heading into that game. He scored a touchdown, like uh, Rivers run, scramble, all that sort of stuff. Uh, that was a good one. That yeah, was that's what I was referencing with the little arm, the oh, yeah. one of my favorite, favorite target oh, yeah. moments ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, super chat from my mom. Thank you, mom. Good luck on your prize picks this week. Um, hopefully you do well. I'm sure you will. Uh, okay, so Arjun asked this. I don't know if there's a specific reference here, but can Jason answer the Keenan Allen washed allegations? It's it's a it's a callback to uh, me and Arjun uh, arguing uh, a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes. It's all it's all water under the bridge. I think we all love Keenan Allen now, as we always should have. There's no, <laughs> yeah, it was. That one, I remember, I think was kind of bad timing because he wasn't so hot to start the year. And then, or maybe it was two years ago. Or, no, he came back. Uh, and then I think like, he had struggles versus like separating versus not Hobbs. There were some other slot corner. I don't know why the Raiders always give him issues. Anyway, uh, I'm going to comfortably say Keenan Allen is not washed at this point. I was borderline offended, not that Arjun said this, but that he was a, a cut candidate. Like oh, I understand why you I understand why you have to bring it up because they, they were over the cap. And who can you cut? Like you have to, you have to talk about it. But I always thought it was ridiculous because a he's who he is, and b Herbert, like Herbert and Keenan, that's the thing. They they are the two. And so as long as Herbert wants him around, he ain't going anywhere. So I think even I think also as long as Tom Telesco is around, it's not going anywhere. Fair enough. You no, know, he yeah, came up onto the show, the draft show right before they went and drafted QJ. That um, I think he went up and specifically the words is not happening. Oh yeah, no, it, it, it it's not. And frankly, 
I can't think of what they would do without him. But you know, you know, you know, he, he's an All Pro receiver this year. So as far as I'm concerned, if you want to give him a multi-year extension, that's that's dangerous, of course, given the age. But the way he looks, what are you supposed to do? He's gonna he's gonna be an All Pro. Whether he gets in or not is a different story. But he's playing like one. He's playing like one. So yeah. So he said it was the Raiders game against Amik Robertson. Well, he had a one-handed catch above Amik Robertson. All right. He's still, listen, all right. We're we're not doing this again. Moving moving on. It's not washed. Yeah, definitely. Um, Where is it? Someone asked about, here it is. I I do want to ask about this. Is Derwin a personal foul away from being suspended like Perryman? I didn't realize, not that I didn't know this sort of about Perryman, given the time he played with the Chargers. I just didn't realize this was a current streak for him. Um, is he a personal foul away from being suspended like Perryman? I would be so mad. Be the so Perryman mad. one was, first of all, awful. That was shocking. Whatever you think about Derwin's, that one was terrible. Uh, there's so many that are terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were your thoughts on the most recent one from Derwin against the Lions? That was so lame. That was so yeah. lame, dude. And I, I, I hate... I don't like going against refs on things just because, you know, it's, it's that fast. So, you know, and, and the ref, I think the ref that threw it was behind the receiver. So all he saw was Derwin James go in there, but even then Derwin's helmet was to the side. You should be able to see like this helmet was to the side. That means he hit with his shoulder, but I don't like, um, yeah, I I wasn't a fan of that one at all. He hit with his shoulder. The receiver was the one that ducked his head. And, you know, you're seeing running backs get fined now for blocking with their head down. Yeah. So why is it that a receiver can hit Derwin with his head down mm-hmm. and Derwin gets the flag for that? It's just because he's being targeted. And yeah. I don't I don't like that because I feel like at that point you're targeting the money out of a player's pockets. Mm-hmm. I, just, I, I don't like it. I don't. It bothers me. Yeah. No, me too. They're of the what's got to be five, I think, for Derwin this season. I can kind of get a couple you know and and some it's just bang bang i get it but that one against the lions and i was sitting in the stands watching the play happen the crowd goes kind of you know crowd does the usual like oh when someone gets hit hard in football and you just watch the ref one one thousand two one thousand you see the lions sideline start yelling at him and then finally he throws it it was just so frustrating and then watching it on replay it's like you gotta be kidding me so seven 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 Jeez! Oh <laughs> wow, seven seven for Derwin says uh, Alex. Also, Alex, thanks for jumping in and saving us there. Seven, that's a lot of two. Penalties. Yeah, that is a lot of penalties. Um, geez, Louise. Oh, is that I just forgot... unnecessary roughness, or is that like total penalties? Uh, good question. I feel like that's all he's been penalized for. Yeah, I can't think of like a pass interference or anything like that, right? No, he might have had one holding. But anyway, seven seven is still a lot. And they've all been killers. I totally forgot to ask your uh Total. your predictions for this game. Do we believe that the Packers, Chargers, um the Chargers win this one, head back to SoFi against a well rested, uh well, Mark Andrews less Ravens team and play them next week? Do they come back with a win? Or are they losing in Lambeau? Um I think I think this one ends. So the Packers are averaging, I think, 19.9 points per game at this point. Smash the over. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I would say, I would say probably like 
30 to 27, maybe. I think they get, I definitely go over the 90, 19.9 points per game. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I could very well see this being one of those Chargers Bears games, Chargers Jets games at the same mm-hmm. time, where you know there's a rookie quarterback out there that through the last few years, Brandon Staley has been good against rookie quarterbacks for the most part, I feel like, right? Um, Except Davis Mills. <laughs> but. <laughs> don't talk about my game. <laughs> oh man! Uh, listen, I attribute that to more to uh, Rex Burkhead, who is an elite running back. Yeah, of course. Okay, so you, you're picking. Was, was that a win for the Chargers? They're about thirty. Yeah. Just okay. Yeah, I, I'll go a little bit less, only with some uncertainty. With well, one Everett's out. Two Keenan will play, but sort of banged mm-hmm. up. I guess guy limited a little bit. Um, I'll say like twenty four. 23 chargers because i don't think it'll ever be that far away i think lafleur can do enough and this packers offense might might figure it out man so we'll see um okay we'll take about four or five more questions and head out of here uh it is now almost 8 a.m for jason over there in hawaii so almost nine are you a two-hour difference yeah it's only two wait what isn't it three hours? It, it, it was three. It's it's two now. Oh, really? Is that how that works? I think daylight savings happened. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. You live there. I don't like you t- daylight you savings. You let me know. What, you let me know what time it is. I'm telling you, it's almost eleven o'clock here. <laughs> um, you know. Uh, let's go. Or do you want? If there's one you see, you can more than welcome to just click it and bring it up. Um, no one in particular. What's with the hate of K9 on social media? Dude's been balling all season. It's just a bad game. Yeah. I, I think there's an aspect of, I mean, he, he in the eyes of the fans, was not the most liked player. Um, not for anything him personally, just play on the field. Uh, so I think people just are quicker to go back, you know, when, when someone has one rough game. But throughout the season, he's not been great in coverage as is. So it's not like it's right. been a new thing, just more so exemplified. There's things that Murray is great at, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a downhill. Like he's good. He's good as like an eight gap blitzer. He's good as a, a downhill, like read the run, go get the run uh, kind of linebacker. But even back to Oklahoma, it wasn't like he was like a prospect that was ready to play inside linebacker in the NFL. You know, there was a lot of a lot of questions on whether he was more of a blitz guy, more of a pass rush guy. Um, but, you know, when you take three years of a player basically being constantly hated on. Um, yeah. And then regardless of how he does through the season, the second he has a bad game, it's going to people are going to be upset about it because this is a contract year. They could they could re-sign him. They could bring him back. And if you have games like that piling up, like this in Miami, that will that will get people upset. So mm-hmm. I get it. Um, and you know there are things he still needs to he needs to get better at. So um, we'll see how it goes through throughout the, the final stretch of the season. I'll throw this one at you only because now I asked this before the Lions game. Mm-hmm. After watching Kaiser leave watching drew leave do you feel that the chargers would actually re-sign now it slightly depends on gm coach etc but assuming everyone's back and everyone's here next year let's assume that does murray 
end up being the one who's re-signed? And then I guess stemming from there, do you believe they move on from someone like Kendricks and have sort of like swap out contracts there and then Henley's your number two? I don't think Kendricks or Murray are back next year. Mm, okay. I, I mean, they, they made a they made Kendrick's contract. I know it's two years, but it's very much one year. Like when you look at the yeah, structure. Totally. Yeah, it is. Um, with like, if he plays really well, and I don't know if he's played up to that. I know he's been very underrated in the defense. I've seen a lot of people hate on him all year long. Mm-hmm. I think he's been fine. I mean, this game is yeah. really poor, but um, you know, you're talking like, that much past his fingertips and he probably has like three interceptions this year um, yeah he's gotten really close on some so I, i've actually liked eric kendricks well enough mm-hmm. um but yeah i don't think he's played up to what they expected out of him yeah especially now that kenneth has the green dot yeah i, I think that injury it wasn't a great first game anyway but then once the injury hit it's like up oh, no momentum and then i think just yeah, Murray mm-hmm. taking the green dot was a surprise. And again, like people need to remember that Kenneth Murray, like he has a green dot now and he's he's improved, I think, and looks better. So give him give him some slack, I guess. I don't know. Uh we might end up with this one from Arjun. Join late, so I don't know if you talked about it, but uh for Jason, do you believe the Chargers defense becomes better overall in terms of execution and play calling when Derwin is out or off the field? So <laughs> this one sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I talked earlier about cover four and how, how that works, how you get linebackers to come or the safeties to come up and essentially play as deep linebackers, right? Um, it really gives them the opportunity to come up and play the run. And the downside to that is play actions. If you, when you're doing this, you're looking for run, you're looking for your, your, play action so you can step back and so when you have a play like you have the in route you have a high low concept right you have a deep high low concept where you have the in route coming and then the deep crosser like this if derwin james is already coming down to play the run and he sees that intermediate route right behind him you know he's gonna pause on the intermediate route it's just it's in his face that's where he is and so that deep crosser can get behind him and so handing off routes is really important in a cover four defense or you can match so you can match and you can cover the receiver that crosses your face and then what you have is you have a low high gilman or a low high gilman um crossing with the crossing route and they did that at one point and amon ross St. brown was just too athletic he got free again you see all you see a low high gilman kind of like drop back and the second amon ross starts crossing it's almost like a calendar. It's almost like a, it takes a little bit for a low Bielman to get, to get going because you know, you're backpedaling. Now you got to go and follow the crossing route. Your inside help is gone because he's looking at this intermediate route. And so that went for one. And then you saw one where they ran play action and Derwin just came up way too much and it got behind him again. And so it's really important to, to either hand off the routes appropriately or to just be extremely disciplined and match onto your receivers that you need to be on. And so the reason you probably see a little bit of improvement from this Chargers defense when Derwin James is off the field is just because you're not going to ask your safeties to do much. You're just Mm -hmm. you're going to play a lot more handing it off correctly. You're just going to keep them back there and play disciplined. Don't focus too much on coming down. Don't focus too much on these second level reads. Leave that to other people and just do your job up here. 
And that's what mm-hmm. they did when Raheem Wayne and Dean Leonard, uh, not Dean Leonard, Marlowe, Marlowe played. Interesting. Uh, I have not watched much of the defense. Frankly, there are games where I skip it all together and just watch Thule because that's the fun thing. Um, yeah. Interesting comments there. It's tough. There's this conversation started to happen last year. I think probably from like the Dolphins game on, which, yeah, that Dolphins game was fantastic. Everyone stepped up. Everyone was great. Um, but then it's tough because they, the opponents they played after that while Durban was out or, or hurt or whatever, like it's not like it was a great set of offenses they had to face. So it's like, okay, you play some really good offenses and then you play the bad ones without Derwin there. So it's kind of tough to tell, but um, I would have to look into it this year. Arjun, I'm sure you have a number or stat or something in there. Um, but I, I definitely do miss, people have mentioned it in the chat, rookie Derwin in a way. I don't know what it was. Um, there's just something different about it, something that you, you felt just different watching him. He looked different. Everything was different. Mm-hmm. But the role was different. The safety, you know, the, the his role was different. The defense was different. Um, so, yeah. He's also not allowed to play that way anymore. Also that, right. And there's hints of it. You know, you see it in there. I think it was, what game did I expect him to get penalized on? Probably the Jets uh, game. I, I think I thought, it was. I thought he would get one. Yeah, I think I think it was either the Jets game or the Bears game. I don't remember where he came. They threw a screen and he came down and split the blockers and absolutely blew up the receiver that caught the screen. Yeah, and I was just waiting for it. I was just like, oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah. But didn't luckily happen. it didn't. It didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and I see Derwin is so misused by Staley. I, I I don't like I said I don't really believe that because this defense is specifically for him to come down and play like a linebacker sort of role from that cover four. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's that he's misused. I think it's just it's really hard for him to play the way he wants to, especially because he's made some great hits on third and short, like third down to keep it short of the sticks. It's just you know when the flags are thrown, those plays are erased. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as Dennis points out, he's one of the better blitzing safeties, but he hasn't playing thirty yards deep. There is a balance here though because we want the defense to be simplified. We want them to be more sound. But if we want yeah. that, we can't also have a safety who is just unleashing him and having so many different roles. So it's tough because you know we, we can't ask for one thing where everyone's you know doing their jobs and everything's simplified and everything's easy, but then also get the complex you know Derwin chess piece sort of thing at the same time. Not that both can't happen during a game, but you know we've seen Derwin play a lot more free safety snaps at like the second the second half of this first half, so the second quarter, I guess of this season everyone's going oh why is Derwin playing back so deep well we spent the first four weeks going why is Derwin moving around so much why is the defense moving around so much so it's tough to find the balance between those two mm-hmm. not just picking on Dennis here just in general that seems to be the discussion yeah and I mean like when you're struggling this much against the pass you know as many 400 yard games outings as they've given up um can you afford to send one of your deep guys and, and blitz them? I, I feel like you can't, um, especially with the way the Lions were just running play action like that. I feel like, and they have they did blitz Derwin against the Lions. They could, they did send him. It was just usually it was a run play that would be the result of it. And you know, I think he got like two tackles for losses off blitzes off the edge against the run. They had some good yeah. plays against the run. It's just they had some really bad ones too. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, there were, there were some good moments there from Derwin and like quietly had some better moments the last few games or so, but yeah. Yeah, I think least. so too. I think he's I think he's had some really solid games. It's just, I think penalties are kind of uh, bringing people down on him. And Definitely. I think that one play where it went over the t- over Derwin's head to the tight end, 
even though that wasn't really Derwin. It was honestly insane that Derwin even got close to putting a hand on that. Was it the touchdown um, to the blocking tight end? Mm-hmm. Right, or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Not Laporta, whoever it was. Yeah. No, it, what's his name? Brock Wright, I think. Yeah, that's it. There you go. Um, that sounds right. And I think that was, I can't remember if that was Gilman or not, but it was off the backside. So Derwin was on, like, if you're looking at the all 22, I think Derwin was on the left. And um, the it, it released from the right side of the line. So it was the opposite of him. And I don't know if they were still covered for on that play. I didn't look into that play too much. But I do know that both safeties came up to defend the run and then had to drop back really fast. Mm-hmm. And Derwin was just the faster reactor in that one. He just reacted a much quicker and nearly got a hand on it. I think it was a really, I wouldn't say like a great play because it didn't happen, but it was close to being one of those plays that you look back and you're like, dang, that's Derwin James right there. Oh, yeah. That's so probably was, what they, that's what they do eventually want, you know, with, out of JT Woods is the fact that he is athletic enough and fast mm-hmm. enough to do the things that Alohi Gilman cannot do. They're just, you put them together, you probably got a really gosh darn good safety, but they're oh both they're both really good at different things. One's maybe more, let's say, caught up mentally in the NFL and sound there, and one's just the, the athlete. Mm-hmm. Put them together, you got a great, or you got Derwin James. Um, but unfortunately, you just can't do that. Um, all right, that was it from us today. Guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, Jason, thank you for jumping on, man. Jason, what are you, what are you, what are you doing these days, man? Um, I just living in paradise, man. Yeah, that's not bad. You got to, yeah, got the Christmas tree going. Yeah. Chargers football tomorrow. Um, yeah. All's pretty good. All right, my man. wife is upstairs with the with the baby, and we'll be me and baby both be watching the Chargers game tomorrow. That's what I'm up to these days. Man, a lot has changed since we last spoke. Uh, oh yeah, I, I definitely was not married. I was two degrees ago. You, well, no, last time we spoke was different. Last time we had a podcast, you had mm-hmm. not joined the military yet. Um, yeah. A lot of a lot of stuff has changed since then. It's like uh, Interstellar when I'm where I'm banging on the bookcase. Like, no, don't go. For sure, yeah. <laughs> am, I, am I Murph in this situation? I guess so. Okay, I'll don't be let Murph. me leave. All right, I'll be checking. I'll be checking my watches. See if you send me any like uh, future signals. But maybe make it like a betting, like prize pick sort of signal, so I can make some okay. money at least. Yeah. Okay. Don't tell me that you love me. I need to know how to make some money. Okay, that's how I know. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Love. I'll, just, I'll send you some set. Keenan Allen under 30s. You'll make something up. Yeah, perfect. That sounds good. Let me know. Send me that sports almanac. All right, guys. Uh, Do not spike the baby, says Mighty Kev. Okay, we will not spike the baby. Sounds good. All right, Jason, thanks for joining me, man. Everybody in the chat, thank you for joining us. See you next time. We'll be live after the game tomorrow. Take care, and as always, bolt up. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.